Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our first question, which is a super interesting one from Benjamin. Over to Benjamin. Hello, my name is Benjamin and I live in St. Pountain and I like... um. Gymnastics, chocolate biscuits, and video games. And my question is, why when people get so old, they have so much lines upon their face? Hi, Benjamin, and thank you for sending in your brilliant question. Also, as a side note, who doesn't love a chocolate biscuit? Another name for the lines on our faces that we humans get as we get older are wrinkles. Wrinkles are such an interesting thing and so many people's faces look so beautiful with lots of them as they're a sign of a well-lived life. So long as they're mostly smiling wrinkles rather than frowning wrinkles. To answer this great question, I phoned up Ross Barr. He is a specialist in women's health and in something called acupuncture. That is a special treatment as part of Chinese medicine, where an acupuncturist like Ross sticks tiny little needles into special places in your body to help keep your body and mind super healthy and relaxed. It's not at all painful. It sounds like it might be, but it's not. It's actually relaxing and makes you feel great. Anyway, Ross knows a thing or two about wrinkles, so over to you, Ross. Hello, Benjamin. That is a great question. I like two of the things that you like. To answer your question, I'm going to answer it in two parts. The first part is from Western medical theory. From Western medical theory, it's believed that as we get older, our ability to produce the natural oils that cause our skin to become elastic or be elastic becomes diminished Um, and so as those oils are diminished the skin kind of dries up a little bit and becomes less elastic Um, and then the fat in the deeper layers of the skin also diminishes as we get older which then makes the skin a little bit looser and a bit baggier from an eastern or chinese medical theory it's believed that when we're born we're all born with this battery and in the battery it contains what they call heavenly essence and as time goes on we use up this battery and as we do so our ability to nourish the skin um, becomes slightly hampered so as our battery gets worn out our bodies just become a bit worn out and we show it in our bones and losing a bit of hair or grey hair Um, and indeed in our skin it kind of dries up as our heavenly essence dries up of course doesn't sound great does it but there are ways of course to prevent it a little bit as time goes on for your brilliant answer. Isn't it funny how different cultures can have completely different ways of thinking about medicine? They're all really interesting and important and just different ways of looking at our human body. I really like the idea of heavenly essence and I hope mine and all of yours last for a really long time. I'm sure it will. Thank you Ross for answering our question and thank you Benjamin for sending it in. I hope that answers your question. Now, one thing people recommend to protect your skin is sun cream. That is the subject of our next question. We've got Ziva here for this week's one. Over to you, Ziva. I 
Ziva and I live in Isleworth. I love reading and playing my piano. My question is, how does sunscreen work? Bye. Hi Ziva and thanks for sending in your question. It's funny, isn't it? When we go outside into the beautiful sun, we often put on some strange liquid on our skin to protect ourselves from it. Where I am in Bali, the sun is shining a lot, so I do need to try to remember to put it on because it's very, very important for our health and our skin. Now, to answer your question, Ziva, we need to understand why we use sun cream in the first place. Well, in the sun's rays, there's lots of types of light. One of those is called ultraviolet light, or UV light for short. If you've ever been sunburned, and I hope you haven't, you'll know your skin goes red and hurts. And that's your skin getting angry because of the amount of UV rays shining on it. If this happens a lot, it can cause problems for your health when you're big. So be careful and put sunscreen on. Now, what do people do about these pesky UV rays? Although modern sun cream like we know it today is a new invention, humans have been protecting their skin from the sun for thousands of years. Ancient civilizations like the Egyptians, Greeks and Romans used plant extracts to shield their skin from the sun. And in other cultures, they'll use things like rice bran, jasmine, rice paper to protect themselves, or parasols, umbrellas, staying in the shade and wearing long clothes. Now let's fast forward to modern times and peek into sunscreen and how it does its superhero job. It's made of special ingredients that can help block or absorb the sun's sneaky UV rays. Sun creams contain UV filters. These filters come in two types, chemical and physical filters. Chemical filters have long names like avobenzone, and they work by absorbing the UV rays and turning them into heat, which is released from the skin. On the other hand, physical filters, which are big complicated compounds like zinc oxide, act as a shield. That's the kind of sun cream surfers use because it doesn't come off your skin easily. It's a really strong protective barrier and it won't come off in the water. So lots of people use that zinc sun cream in Bali. It is a shield that reflects and scatters the UV rays away from the skin. Not today, UV rays. You probably have also seen that sun creams come with a big number on them, between 10 and 50. This is called SPF. It stands for Sun Protection Factor. The higher the SPF, the more protection it gives. I usually wear 50. I hope that answers your questions, Eva. And next time you wear sun cream, think about all those tiny little processes happening on the surface of your skin and all the UV rays that can't get in. Now, since we're talking about the sun, we should think about what it actually is, a star. Why does the sun shine so brightly in the first place? And where did it come from? Asking this question, we have Grace. Over to you, Grace. My name's Grace and I'm six years old. I live in London and I like bunnies. And my question is, how are stars made? Hi, Grace. Thanks for sending me your question. It's great to hear you love bunny rabbits. My kids have one at their school, which they walk past on the way to their classroom. It's quite cute, but it must get quite hot in Bali. Now let's have a think about stars. They're very beautiful, and I love standing out in the night sky, looking up at the stars twinkling above me. There are around 200 billion trillion stars in the sky, and humans have looked to them for guidance, inspiration, and exploration for many thousands and thousands and thousands of years. 
ancient civilizations looked at the stars and made up tales and legends around them and connected dots in the sky to create mythical stories. And let's not forget that without our sun, there would be no life on Earth. The sun, of course, is a star. And so important to stars to our lives, we're made out of them. 90% of the elements in our bodies were made during the processes that happen inside a star. So we really are all made of stars. Through powerful telescopes and groundbreaking discoveries, astronomers have pieced together the life cycle of stars. A star begins with huge clouds of dust and gas scattered throughout space. The clouds are called nebula and they're like interstellar nurseries where stars are born. In a dense patch of one of these clouds, gravity pulls and squeezes all the particles together, compressing all the materials to form a sort of clump of stuff in outer space called a protostar, which is a baby star. Baby stars or protostars get bigger and bigger and pull in more and more atoms and particles towards them. In the middle, where everything is squished together, things get hot. And when the temperature gets to around 15 million degrees, about 75,000 times hotter than your oven, something called nuclear fusion happens. And that is the powerhouse of a star. Nuclear fusion is where atoms in the core of the star smash together, making a huge amount of heat and energy and making new elements. All these things balance out eventually. The explosive heat from the nuclear fusion pushes the star outwards, but the star is so big and heavy that the force of gravity keeps it held in. This is called the main sequence and it's a very fine balance that keeps the star shining for billions of years. Now have you wondered why stars have different shapes and sizes and colours? Some are big and bright, others small, others red, others white. It's all down to the temperature. Hot stars are blue and cooler stars look more red or orange. By looking at the colour of a star, scientists can work out what the temperature of the star is at its core. Now, never look directly at the sun, but can you guess the temperature of our sun? It's around 5,500 degrees Celsius at the surface. So that's how stars are made, Grace. I hope that answers your question. And thank you so much for sending it in. There's a little bit more because stars don't last forever. And just as they're born, they also go out. Eventually, the biggest stars exhaust their fuel. As they run out of atoms of an element called hydrogen to fuse in their cores, they go through big changes, turning into huge red giants or even exploding in supernovas. These cosmic fireworks scatter elements across the universe, seeding space with the blocks to build new stars and planets. Scientists and astronomers over the course of human history have worked all of this out. And there's one very special lady who we should talk about. She's called Cecilia Payne Gaposchkin, and she figured out in 1925 what stars are made of by studying the colours of light they give off. At the time, lots of people ignored her because she was a woman, and women weren't supposed to be making scientific discoveries. Just men. How rude. Eventually, though, her work was recognised as the foundation of modern astronomy, and she also became the first woman to head a department at Harvard. What a very inspiring woman. I like her very much. Right, that's it for this week, everybody. A huge thank you to the wonderful Ross Barr for telling us all about how our skin ages and wrinkles. And also a big thank you to Benjamin, Ziva and Grace for this week's questions. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, just borrow Grownot's phone, say your name, your age, a bit about yourself and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. 
get your grown-ups to join Instagram at Molly Oldfield writes and at everything under the sun pod and get all your friends a copy of everything under the sun a curious question for every day of the year for Christmas it's the podcast book filled with all your questions 366 kids questions answered one for every day of the year all beautifully illustrated have a beautiful week filled with stars and sunshine and sun cream and bunnies and maybe not too many wrinkles but wrinkles are beautiful on the faces of those you love i can't wait to see my grandma even though she's fed up of having wrinkles i love every one of them i'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of everything under the sun thank you and goodbye